This is the Incubator and the Neonatology Review Podcast. We are your study buddies for neonatology topics. I'm Dr. Ben Korsha. And I'm Dr. Daphne Yasova Barbo. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Incubator and Neonatology Review Podcast. Daphna, how's it going today? I, you know, I always like question day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We get to test our, test our knowledge. That's right. So today is Thursday. We are doing questions. Don't worry. We do have an expert coming on this week. Um, COVID has shuffled our schedule, our schedule a little bit. And mm. so our expert, we are... We're committed to the person that we invited on the show. Um, and that person is Dr. Kent Willis from the University of Alabama. Mm-hmm. And he'll be talking to us about um, the work that he's doing on BPD and the gut microbiome. I think this is an area of BPD that is uh, super really interesting. Yeah. Super interesting. And and like we said, we, we have um, recorded a full episode, a one-hour episode talking to Dr. Jensen that is already out and you can you can listen to the archives uh, for the, and, and check out this episode. We also have Dr. Ben Kolari who will be coming on the uh, podcast. His, his episode is coming out on October 10th. So w- we wanted to avoid being redundant because we could have easily plugged in some of the highlights from these conversations. Mm-hmm. But we thought, what about giving the opportunity to um, really... I mean, Dr. Willis is is a young neonatologist who's who's very bright, who has uh, received funding at an early stage in his career, and is who's doing some work that that will probably def- be defining some of uh, the way we manage babies in the future. So let's let's uh, give uh, let's give him the opportunity. Um, so yeah, so his schedule got a bit shuffled because of COVID stuff, um, and so he'll be on with us tomorrow. We're going to have a late release of the episode tomorrow because we're going to be recording with him almost live, basically. We're going to mm-hmm. record in the morning and release shortly after. Uh, so we appreciate your understanding. Uh, and uh, it will be a great episode, I have no doubt. I know Dr. Will yeah. as well. So, yeah. Okay. Without okay. Now, with, with all these uh, <laughs> disclaimers. Stipulations, yeah. Yeah, let's we'll do We'll get started. Let's do, some, let's do some questions. Okay. So we've talked about this a little bit um, over the course of the week, this uh, differences between new PP, new BPD and old BPD. So a lot of the questions on board review on on the boards are really related to that because, frankly, I think they're just trying to stay away from most of the <laughs> discussions about definitions and and certainly the like hot topics on new medications or new technologies or old medications that we're using in a different way, like they're going to try to avoid most of that stuff. So yeah, the, the, I'm sure that the lifespan of these questions that's must be it. an issue. Like you see some of the stuff with vitamin A and it's like, if you drafted the question 10 years ago, it yeah. would have been, they would have to rewrite it now. It's like, it's very yeah, it's difficult. back, it's gone, it's here. So <laughs> yeah. So when you're like, why are we asking about the histology of old BPD? That's why. So, um, okay. This comes uh, from the pulmonary section, question 30. Uh, an infant is born at 24 weeks gestation, has a birth weight of 570 grams. The infant is intubated, given surfactant, and placed on synchronized intermittent me- mechanical ventilation. 
the neonatologist reviews the histopathologic findings of new BPD with the pediatric residents. Of the following, the most accurate histopathologic findings in infants with new BPD are A, arrest of alveolarization, B, decreased platelet endothelial cell adhesion molecule or PCAM staining, C, increased alveolar saccular diameters, D, increased platelet endothelial cell adhesion molecule PCAM staining, or E, all of the above. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's a tough question, the way it was written, I think. So, yeah, I have a... Uh, okay, so I know that the new BPD is definitely defined by um, decreased alveolarization and alveolar simplification, which, which includes A and C. Mm. Um, but... <laughs> But we have two opposing statements otherwise. Mm -hmm. so, so it can't be all of the above. Um, I know this is going to be impossible for you because you're right. It's kind of a trick question. <laughs> not going to lie to you. <laughs> Increased. So hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh. I'm going to say C, increased alveolar circular diameter. Okay. So you are, I mean, that is correct, but the answer is all of the above. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> I'll, I guess I'll lead with the punchline is that, um, so they, they do this platelet endothelial cell adhesion molecule staining or PCAM staining. And studies, some studies have shown increased PCAM staining and some studies have shown decreased PCAM staining. So just know that I think the book's not written on, on how that looks histopathologically because you were right. I mean, the hallmarks are arrest of alveolar, alveolarization and these increased alveolar or saccular um, diameters. So that's why the question was so hard because you were right. A and C are both correct, but so are B and D. I'm furious. I know, I know, <laughs> but let me tell you a little bit more. Let's since we let's be thorough. The anatomic because yeah, I was thinking arrest. I mean, I could have I could have rationalized that was why. very good test taking skill. But I could have rationalized the the arrest of alveolarization. I could have said, well, technically there's an arrest, but could could there be a little bit of alveolarization afterwards? That's sure. right. <laughs> but um, oh man. Uh. So, to be thorough, the anatomic information available by autopsy of infants with BPD is biased towards, obviously, the most severe changes. The lungs of affected infants reveal anatomic changes that are consistent with this altered lung development. The lungs have arrest of alveolarization, and the following findings are seen on specimens. So, increased alveolar or saccular diameters, much fewer alveoli and saccules. Uh, disruption of the collagen network around the saccules. They kind of look like lacy almost. Mm -hmm. um, and localization of elastin that is absent from sites of future secondary septation. Um, acute severe inflammation and things like fibrosis um, is not usually visible unless there's been a secondary infection. Um, and then, like I said, studies have shown both increased and decreased 
uh, PKM staining. Not totally a fair question, but I just, it was a good point of discussion. Okay. <laughs> question 33. Hmm. A former 24-week gestational age male infant with a birth weight of 525 grams now has a postmenstrual age of 36 weeks. He had received supplemental oxygen during the first 28 days of life. Currently, he's receiving 100% oxygen by nasal cannula at one liter per minute. Of the following, the most likely categorization of this infant's bronchopulmonary dysplasia status is... Choice A, mild BPD. Choice B, moderate BPD. Choice C, severe BPD. Choice D, the infant does not have BPD. Choice <laughs> E, you cannot discern the BPD status based on the given information. Okay, so this question I think was a fair question because they told you which BPD definition to use. So um, then you... Did they? Oh. Not in, not in the STEM. No, but they but don't. let's I but lie. let's <laughs> but let's uh, but for the for the sake of the question, so they're I think they're basing yeah. this on the uh, 2001 NIH definition. Is that correct? That's right. That's okay. Right. That's right. So uh, I mean, the baby certainly has BPD because the baby is uh, require. You know, they're using the 36 week mark, um, and the baby is requiring um, supplemental oxygen. So, um, this, and, and, you know, the first, the first piece was getting to the 28 days of life, but we know this baby is probably on it at 28 days because they were on it at 36 uh, weeks. So that's definitely more than a mild BPD also, because by that definition, you hit the 28 day mark, but you're off of oxygen by the 36 week mark. Um, and then it's really about moderate to severe BPD. And then you're just trying to decide about how much percent oxygen really in this um, definition. So what are you saying? If you use the other <laughs> definition, though, it would be, it would be different. I think it's going to be an interesting. I think, I think they're going to have to. They're going to have to give you the definition. Which definition? Which definition they're, they're using. using? But yeah. what's your answer? We'll see. It depends on which definition you're using. Okay, fine. So let's <laughs> let's let's play let's play a game. Then. But so but you know what? It's greater than thirty percent, and. So let's let's um, let's go over this then. So the baby is on is the baby has checked off the box of receiving oxygen for the yeah. first twenty eight days of life. So that's mm -hmm. done, and then you're on a one hundred percent oxygen mm -hmm. by nasal cannula at one year. So if you're using the old two thousand and one NIH definition, right. you're this baby severe. Has severe BPD. Yeah. If you're using the Jensen criteria right. definition from 2019, if you remember, we said the oxygen requirement doesn't really matter Less as important. much as. Yeah as the well. uh, interface that you're on. Mm -hmm. So technically the baby is on less than mm -hmm. two liters of mm -hmm. nasal cannula, but is not completely off everything. So this baby would right. have uh, grade one, okay? Mm -hmm. And then <clears throat> now if you were, um, if you were uh, according to the 2018, right? so there's, so now you have to take like into this account- This was obviously not a question about the Jensen criteria because no. the, the, this is using mild, moderate, and severe. Right. And which, so, but, which actually, I mean, that's the answer. They have to be using the two thousand. 
because they've done they've done away with the mild, moderate, severe. By that's right. So mild, moderate, 20. severe would would be would be the original two thousand one, and right. then the two thousand eighteen, two thousand nineteen would be grade one, two, and three. Right. So we, we talked about the Jensen criteria where you would be uh, considered as a grade one, um, but according to the twenty eighteen, technically you are on one liter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then being on one liter nasal cannula can put you either in a category of grade one or grade two. And Mm -hmm. to decide which category you fall under depends on how much oxygen you are consuming. Mm -hmm. So if you are less than 30%, then you would be grade one, which in this Mm -hmm. case, the baby is not. The baby is on 100%. Mm -hmm. So then that would put the baby in the category of grade two because this baby is between one and three liters nasal cannula receiving 30% or more FiO2. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And then according to the Canadian, mm-hmm. <laughs> since we reviewed that yesterday, uh, this baby would not be categorized as having BPD because the flow requirement is 1.5 liters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. But since they were using mild, moderate, and severe in the in the question, in the answer choices, it, I mean, it has to be the, the 2001 definition. So... Listen, you did not commit. You did not so commit to it. BPD. I asked you. I asked you several times. Said, pick an answer. Like it depends. It depends. And now you're trying to. <laughs> because I knew is the right definition. You're like, I don't know which definition, but that's what. <laughs> so it's my fault. It's your fault. <laughs> that's why you take the test by yourself. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Um, but yeah. Okay. No, I think that was a good review, actually, yeah. of the definition. It's a good review, especially because if you're looking at the newer definitions and you have one liter, it's important to know that under Jensen, it's a very simple way to figure this out. It's grade one. But you see how a very low flow, according to the 2018 mm-hmm. definition, grade two. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to that paper from the uh, CHNC that we talked about yesterday. But anyway, I digress. You digress. Okay, pulmonary question 34A. A former 24 and a half week gestational age female infant now has bronchopulmonary dysplasia. The neonatologist discusses the differences between new BPD and classical BPD. Of the following, the radiographic findings most consistent with new BPD instead of the classic uh, BPD is or are A, diffuse perihilar infiltrates, B, hyperinflation, C, minimal cystic emphysema, D, B, N, C, or E, all of the above. So you're trying to find most consistent with new BPD. Mm -hmm. So um, minimal cystic emphysema, hyperinflation, I know to be true. Diffuse perihilar infiltrates is tricky. And that really would make the difference between whether you pick choice D, which is just B and C, hyperinflation and minimal cystic emphysema, or E, all of the above. Um, but we know we spoke about this, right? We spoke about uh, alveolar uh, arrest, alveolar simplification, which makes sense when it comes to minimalist, minimal cystic emphysema, hyperinflation. Um, I don't, I don't, pers- I don't remember diffuse perihilar infiltrates to be a feature of the new BPD. So I'm going to say D, B, and C. That's exactly right. So diffuse perihilar infiltrates is is not the finding that you would see on on chest X-ray. You a baby may have diffuse perihilar infiltrates in addition to BPD, but that is not um, the radiographic finding. So infants with 
new BPD exhibit pulmonary changes consistent with that altered lung development. So remember the, the pathophysiologies that the lungs have this arrest of alveolization. So they have this increased alveolar saccular diameters. It's almost like instead of all of the little grapes of alveoli forming that they, they make these um, big, uh, large um, grapes. Um, and so there are much fewer of them. They have much fewer alveoli saccules. The analogy started so well. And then you bailed out. <laughs> it did not. I thought it's you like were going they... to change fruit or you were going to invest a different... Uh, no, I was going to change di- fruit. They're not different fruit. It is. Okay. Fine. Instead of grapes, they look like... <laughs> instead of grapes, they look like plums is what it looks like. <laughs> That's better. Plums. Okay. Um, and uh, hyperinflation is one of the hallmarks um, on chest radiograph. And importantly, there's minimal cystic emphysema, which was really one of the characteristic findings of old BPD. Okay? Okay. Can I ask you 34B then? Yes. All right. 34B. Of the following, the distinguishing feature of the new BPD compared with classical BPD is choice A, less pulmonary hypertension, more choice B, more airway fibrosis, choice C, more airway reactivity, choice D, normal alveolar septation, choice E, normal microvascular development. It's not so straightforward. No, this is a good question too. Mm -hmm. So I, I mean, the first thing I go to is answer D. So I know that that's not true. We talked about that's the hallmark is that they have this um, abnormal alveolar septation, decreased alveolar septation. So um, D is not true. Um, B, they tend to have less airway fibrosis than what was seen in classical um, BPD. So B is not true. E, we also talked about um, normal microvascular development. So we know that that's part of the more and more of the kind of histopathological studies are showing that the microvascular development is also um, abnormal. So that's not true. And then more airway reactivity. I don't know what to make about that. I feel like they have less airway reactivity, um, but I haven't used those terms specifically. <laughs> and then A, I mean, I they have uh, less pulmonary hypertension. That is one of the one of the joyful things about working in our era of neonatology is that there's less pulmonary hypertension in new BPD. So I go with A. Yeah, you, you are correct. Um, and, and as we've said before, the new BPD describes an arrest in lung development, um, and it mostly affects extremely low birth weight infants, and they tend to have a hazy lung field, hyperinflation, minimal cystic emphysema, as we mentioned in the prior question, um, they tend to have less airway reactivity compared to the infants with classical BPD. They tend to have less pulmonary hypertension uh, compared to infants with classical BPD um, and uh, minimal airway fibrosis. Um, they have decreased alveolar septation and microvascular development compared to infants with the previous form of BPD. Thus, um, this new form interferes with lung development in contrast to old form that was caused to injury to the lung. And actually, what's interesting mm-hmm. about this is that those populations never really overlapped, right? This was a progression mm-hmm. of, of pathology. So we, we had this entity and then we figured out how to take better care of babies. And so the babies that used to have BPD back in the, in the 60s no longer had BPD. And this new population now developed this new form of BPD. So it's always 
there was never a point in time where they truly overlapped. So it's interesting to talk to your attendings if you have attendings mm-hmm. that practiced back in those days to hear um, what the experience was like because when they describe to you um, the difficulties in ventilating these infants, it's mm-hmm. terrifying, really yeah. terrifying. And it may help you understand why, for example, here in the new BPD, you would see less pulmonary hypertension. Be like, wait, but aren't we talking about pulmonary hypertension in severe BPD babies all mm-hmm. the time? And when you compare, it's true, but when you compare at the epidemiologic levels, the number of babies we're talking about, it is a much smaller group. Um, babies with the old classical BPD had such stiff lungs. Um, mm-hmm. They were so difficult to ventilate. The degree of pulmonary hypertension that they were suffering from was was extreme and affected a much broader uh, swath of, of these babies with BPD. So um, these are hard yeah, questions. Yeah, I think that's, a, that's what I was going to say. I think that's an important point about this question specifically is um, the microvascular development is not normal. And that's why they are at risk for pulmonary hypertension. But it's different. And the reason is different than compared to these, um, these, uh, the old BPD babies. And, you know, I think what this week has really given me is like studying BPD is probably why you like it so much is really, um, encapsulates like the whole history of neonatology, because it's not just that like our, um, population changed, right? So instead of resuscitating, 34 weekers now we're resuscitating 22 weekers it's also that like all of our airway management has changed too so even though we got much better airway management we also have like a totally different lung altogether so it's neat it's been neat it's been a good week yeah and it's interesting how the outcome what we see on the surface which is what these babies need at 36 weeks ended up defining the disease but mm. underneath this underneath this the, the tip of this iceberg everything changed it's a different group of babies it's different management and and it it has evo- it's interesting that we call this old and new because we look at babies who require respiratory support at 36 weeks and we say okay BPD but technically what defined BPD in the 60s and 70s and what defined BPD in the 2020 mm. is is just it's just a different like yeah. dramatically different. It's just yeah. yeah, it's a different group of people. It's a different specialty. It's everything's mm. different. So <laughs> anyway, all right, Daphne, this was fun. Tomorrow we have Dr. Kent Willis. Stay tuned. Um, yeah, and uh, should we make announcements? We're gonna have our first guest host for the Neonatology Review podcast. Yeah, very Stay excited tuned for that. We're very excited. We hope you all listen in um, to uh to the week that Lindsay will be covering we'll be we'll be on with her obviously um but take inspiration if you are interested um this is a cme approved activity there is an honorarium (laughs) if that motivates you (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah i mean uh, yeah this is this is exciting all right Add add a little line add a little line to your cv right for for sure for sure. I mean, this this has a large audience. Like, if you yeah. if you showed up to give grand rounds to the number of people that listen to this podcast, um, it would be you would be uh, you'd be stressed. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. No. So. so this is easier. You don't have to look at all those people. You don't have to look. There's no there's no issues. And we can right, always uh, touch up if we say something stupid afterwards, which right. uh, in front of a live audience is a bit more complicated. <laughs> all right, Daphna, take care. But you're not going to touch up my answer here. I know you're not. No. (laughs) The banter is always good, too. All right, everybody. Have a great week. See you tomorrow. 
See you tomorrow. No, it's not Thursday. Yes, it's Thursday. Remember, Kent is coming on Friday. (laughs) I forgot. See you tomorrow. (laughs) See you tomorrow. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of the Incubator and Neonatology Review Podcast. If you like our show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We would love to hear from you, so please feel free to reach out to Daphna and I via email by sending your messages to nikupodcast at gmail.com. You can also message the show on Twitter at nikupodcast. Thanks again for listening and see you next time. This podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice. If you have any medical concerns, please see your primary care practitioner. Thank you.